Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church, an outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. We were talking about last time how evil is described as darkness. And God and godliness is described as light. And we see over in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. love this scripture. Proverbs 4, 18. It says, but the path of the just, or the path of the righteous, is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. You know, when you're walking with the Lord, it just gets brighter and brighter and brighter and better and better and better. Now, that's really how the Christian life is supposed to be. Now, there's a lot of folks that don't reflect that, that scripture right there. You know, they're kind of in a murky place, you know, and kind of like the twilight zone. You got that gray area, you know, it's dark and it's light and it's kind of a mixture of the two and... And, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's lighter than others, but then sometimes it's a shady place. God doesn't want, want us living in a shady place. He wants us to be getting brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. Amen. Brighter and brighter and brighter means better and better and better. Amen. Hallelujah. I want better and better, don't you? Well, see, that's the Christian life. And we can say easier and easier. Amen. It's to get easier and easier. Why? Because Jesus' yoke is... Easy and his burden is light. So it's light and easy with Jesus. So obviously, the better we're walking with him, the more yielded we are to him, then the easier and light and light life is going to be. And so that, that's how it's supposed to be for you and I. And that's what he's telling us here, that the path of the just, the righteous. How many people have made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Yeah, so, so we're, what's the path we're walking on? We're walking on the path of life. We're walking on the Lord's path. You know, remember, Jesus said, I'm the way. So we're just following him. We're going his way. We're on his path. And that path gets brighter and brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. Don't ever say uh, Christians aren't perfect. They're just forgiven. Never say that. That's unscriptural. We're to be being perfected daily. Oh, it got quiet on that one. We're, we're supposed to be getting, being perfected. So why would we say, we're not perfect if we believe God's perfecting us? Yeah, no, he wants us to walk in perfect faith. He wants us to walk in perfect love. Remember, the Bible says um, in, what was it, Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus was talking about love. He was describing acts of love and walking in love. And then he, he sums it all up by saying, chapter 5, verse 48, Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So, you know, we shouldn't choke on that. We, we, our faith should be able to take hold of that and say, man, if we're, if we're following Jesus, if we're yielding to the Holy Spirit, man, then we are yielding to perfection. And he is love. 
And when we're walking in that love, uh, we're being perfect just as our Father in heaven is perfect. Praise God. So there's a perfect day. There's a perfect day. We're getting better and better, brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. Verse 19, the way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. You know, they can't seem to figure it out. They can't seem to figure out how they're getting in their own way and causing their own problems. You know, you look at people, as you, as you learn the word and you walk in the light, and you look over at the way some people live and what they carry on in, what they continue to do, you just look and say, dear Lord, don't you get it? Don't you know that's the cause of your problems? See, people are creating their own problems. And thank God you and I can get out of our way. You got to get out of your way, praise God. And the light will help you to do that. The light will show you where you're in the way. You're in the way of God. You're blocking the path. You're making this thing a whole lot harder than it needs to be. You're causing your own problems. So, thank God, you and I are walking in the light and we see where we're going. Amen. The way of the wicked, they can't see where they're going. They don't know what in the world, why do, what makes them stumble. They don't know what's causing their problems. The Amplified Bible says this. It says, but the path of the just, righteous, is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until it reach its full, reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day. You know, we're to be going from faith to faith, glory to glory to glory to glory to glory until we just step over into glory. Until we just leave our bodies, you know. It should, I think it should be a smooth transition from earth to heaven. I don't think it should be this culture shock where we're just so far off. We're just so far off from thinking like a heavenly being. We're so far off from living like a heavenly being that when we get to heaven, it's like, huh? What in the world? I never knew it could be like this. Well, you should have known it could be like this. You should have been getting tastes of it every day and growing in it every day. It should have been getting closer to heaven in your life every day. Yeah, that doesn't mean you're not going to have trials and tests, but praise God, we can press through those trials and tests, and those things will help us to only become stronger. If we press through them in faith, if we keep our eyes on the Lord, we'll just come out stronger. That's a big part of getting brighter. The way we get, the way we get brighter is we get stronger. How do we get stronger? We X ourselves to godliness against adversity. You got all this adversity, all this stuff that's contrary to godliness in life. And as we press against that, we just get stronger. We press through trials and tests in faith and we just get stronger, which means we get brighter. So that's why he said, get excited about trials and tests because it's only going to make you stronger and brighter. Now, God doesn't send trials and tests. But when we go through them, through faith, God does strengthen us and he causes us to become brighter and life does get better in Jesus. Amen. Praise God forever. And then we looked at 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, where it says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. There is no darkness in him. Well, again, evil is depicted as 
darkness. And so there's no evil in him. There's nothing evil in him. There's no, none at all. So that's why, again, trials and tests, troubles, problems. I got news for you. Jesus is not a problem. God is not a problem. God is the answer. Jesus is the answer. No, no, he doesn't just have the answer. He is the answer. He certainly isn't the problem. So problems don't proceed from God because God is not a problem. No, there's no problems in him at all. There's no darkness in him at all. And so we said, if God is light and he's omnipresent, he's everywhere all the time, then how could there be darkness? How can there be darkness if God is light and God is everywhere? Well, there can't be. There cannot be darkness if our definition of darkness is the absence of light because God's not absent anywhere. The Bible says he's even in hell. God even knows what's going on in hell. He sees what's happening there. So he's everywhere. He's omnipresent. So you can't have the absence of light for there to be darkness. No, darkness, as we said, is not the absence of light, but a perversion of light. It's light that has been twisted. Twisted. You know, when you think of lying. Lying is evil, right? So it's darkness. It's darkness. And have you heard anybody ever say, well, they're just bending the truth? Light rays, light rays in the natural can bend. It can bend. See, even in the natural. See, the visible things teach us about invisible things. And so lying is a bending of the truth. It's a perversion of the truth. It's a twisting of the truth. Lust is love that's been perverted. That's what lust is. Lust is love. But it's been twisted. It's been perverted. Fear is faith that's been twisted. That's what fear is. You know, these, these characteristics of God, who is light, is everywhere. Truth. Truth. Love. Faith. They're everywhere. That's what proceeds forth from God. That's who he is. So where does fear come from? Fear is faith that's been twisted. Just like faith believes, it expects something good's going to happen. Something, something of God is going to happen, right? Faith believes God. Faith believes good. Faith believes good things are going to happen. Things, good things are happening. That's how faith thinks. That's how faith believes. So what is fear? Fear is believing that something bad's going to happen. Fear is expecting something evil to happen. See? So it's the same thing. It's expectation. It's a confident expectation. It's a believing without doubting. And you can get over into fear where you bring to pass what you're believing. 
And that's what the devil tries to do. He tries to get us over into fear. God's trying to get us over into faith, which is getting over, getting over into him, getting over in the light, yielding his spirit, the spirit of faith. God wants us over in faith. The devil wants us to get us over in fear because the more he gets us over into fear, the more he can bring to pass what you're fearing, which is evil, which is bad things. That's how it works in life. So we want to stay over in faith. We want to get away from fear of man or fear of death, fear of evil, fear of any. We want to get out of fear completely. And that's what the Word of God's doing to us. It's helping us to get that fear that we've been born into untwisted. God is working on untwisting you. Amen? We've been, we've been twisted and distorted. God's creation, mankind has been so distorted and twisted. we got some twisted thinking. In fact, when I was unsaved, not me, but the guy that used to live in this body. There's a new creation here now. I'm a new creation. But the old, the old guy that used to live in this body, you know, he was young. He actually went to a concert, a rock concert, of a band that was named Twisted Sister. I don't know if you ever heard of them. I won't look for a show of hands or anything. And they were twisted. They were men dressed as women. That's pretty twisted. Of course, we're living in a world today where twisted sisters, twisted thinking is becoming normal. It's becoming the norm. That shows you how twisted people are becoming. People are becoming more and more twisted. But oh, thank God you and I are getting untwisted. Yes. Hallelujah. He is straightening us out. And I want to walk straight, don't you? Yes. Praise God. I don't want to be crooked and perverted and twisted and all messed up. I want to be a straight shooter. Because if you're a straight shooter, you can always hit your target. Yes. I don't know about you. I like hitting my target in life. I don't like missing. I like hitting the mark. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to hit the mark. In fact, the word sin, when you look it up, means to miss the mark. Well, it'd be hard. It'd be hard not to miss the mark if you twisted. If you're not a straight shooter. Right? See, so sin is just natural for a sinner. But you and I are getting all straightened out and we are straight shooters. We say it as it is, according to the word of God. And we have what we say. We hit the mark every day. Hallelujah. God's will is coming to pass in our life. Glory be to God. Now, Satan himself is just a twisted form of Lucifer. That's who Satan is. So God created this angel, this cherub, Lucifer, and when he created him, according to Ezekiel 28, he was perfect. He was, God created this guy perfect. And he grew in wisdom and power and beauty and splendor and majesty and, and all these things. And then somewhere along the line, he became a perverted creature. He corrupted himself, the Bible says. Uh, in verse 15 of Ezekiel 28, it says, you are perfect in your ways from the days you were created till iniquity was found in you. 
found in you. And we said that word found could be translated founded, which means in other words, iniquity was founded in Lucifer who became Satan. In other words, it started with him. It had its start with him. Iniquity and sin had its start with this angel, Lucifer. Had its beginnings with him. And of course, uh, that is, uh, we see that here when Jesus said in John 8, 44, you are of your father, the devil. He's talking to some of the most religious people of his day. He said, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, from the beginning. He started it. He started it. See, see, there was Lucifer. Lucifer wasn't a murderer. But then Satan became, Lucifer became Satan. And murder was founded in him. You were, you, he was a murderer from the beginning, from the start. No, he's the originator of it and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. Now, that's interesting. See, he speaks from his own resources. In other words, he's the resource of lies. In other words, he's the supplier of lies, the source of lies. So he speaks from his own resource. See, now, if you lied, you see, you're not speaking from your own resources. You're yielding to Satan. You're yielding to the devil. In other words, he's the distributor, and you've, you've purchased his lies. You've bought into his lies, and you're yielding to it. But you see, Lucifer, who became Satan, wasn't yielding to a liar. He just created lying. He's the founder of it. It started with him. That's where it came. So, of course, all these things are darkness. And so he's the creator of darkness. Anybody else that lies, cheats, lusts, fears, is yielding to the devil. That's why the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of Fear, see? Why do people fear? Because there's a demon spirit of fear. There's a demon spirit of fear that they're yielding to. It's not, it's not, they're not the, it's not originating in them. Some people want to be an original. And don't be a liar. Because you can't be an original liar. But of course, there really are no originals. You ever hear people say, be an original? Right? There's no such thing. I mean, there is. It's God. He's the originator of light and life and all that is good. He is the founder and producer of righteousness, goodness. And all evil, all darkness was founded in Satan. So you're either yielding to one or the other, but you're not an original. You are a copy. Yes, you are a copycat. Better yet, you're a copy Christ. Come on, somebody. We copy Christ. Huh? That's who we, we're not a copycat, we're a copy Christ. Praise God. We are a carbon copy of him. We imitate him. We're following him. We amplify him. We illuminate him through our lives. 
And we understand that our goodness is not of ourselves. That's important to know. There are no originators. Pride like to think it's an originator. You know, be your own person. Don't be like anybody else. Sorry. Just impossible. You're either going to be like the devil or you're going to be like Jesus. You're going to be like God. You're going to yield to one of them, but you're not an original. You're not an original. You're a carbon copy of somebody. So praise God. Let's be his carbon copy. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Let's imitate and let's yield to the Lord. Glory to God. And so in Ezekiel 28, it went on in verse 16 to say, By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. He became filled with violence. Violence, murder, destruction, it all originated with him. Verse 17, it says, Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. Notice that. You corrupted your wisdom. Corrupted. That word corrupted means to pervert. To pervert. And the word pervert means to distort, warp, twist, and bend. So, again, darkness is a perversion of light. Evil is a perversion of godliness, of good. That's all it is. And we see that he corrupted the wisdom that God... So here he was full of wisdom, but then he took all the wisdom, all the power that God had given him, and he twisted it for self-seeking purposes. He no longer was yielding to God's wisdom for the glory of God. He didn't give God the glory for things. He began to take that glory upon himself. And now he's got incredible wisdom. But the Bible calls it in the New Testament, the wisdom of this world. The wisdom of the... There is a wisdom that the world operates in. And what it is, is it's God's wisdom that's been twisted. It's been perverted. So it'll start out looking like it's going to produce life. It's going to produce good things. But if you stay that course, it will end in destruction. It will end in death. It will come down. You know, just like the Tower of, Tower of Babel, right? They built this tower. And, uh, and God looked down and he said, he saw the people were together as one. They had one language. And they were of one mind. They were in one accord, we could say. And to build this tower that reached into heaven. And God came down and looked. And he saw that the people were as one. And he said, now nothing that they propose to do, nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Nothing will be held quiet. Because they were tapping in to spiritual laws. They were operating in the wisdom of God and the power of God. How many people know God's power is almighty power? Yeah, so when you walk in that power, nothing that you do will be withheld from you. All things are possible to him that believes. They were operating in that, but it was twisted for selfish means. They were walking in that wisdom of God apart from God. They were walking in perverted wisdom, and as a result of that, that whole tower came crashing down. And all their plans ended in destruction. See, it didn't turn out very good. 
I'm just thinking of Isaiah chapter 14. Why don't we, why don't we turn there talking about Lucifer and how he operated in the law of faith. What made him so amazing? Faith. He understood the law of faith. Faith is a spiritual law. And Lucifer understood that. And the Bible says, we'll pick it up here in verse 12. How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. Are the nations getting weaker these days? Who's, who do you think's behind that? Who do you think's behind weakening this nation? You are aware that America has become extremely weak. I'm not, just, I'm not talking about the military, though it's heading that direction in that area as well. But it's just become morally weak. People of this nation have become so weak. So weak. Who's behind that? Satan is. You who weakened the nations. In other words, you weakened the people of the nations. Because that's what makes a nation weak. It's the people that are weak. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. This is what he said. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farther sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. So he declared these things. He said these things. Because he knows there's a spiritual law that you have what you say. He's operating in the law of faith, of having what you say. According to, you know, one place we could see that is in Mark chapter 11. That Jesus said, have faith in God. For verily I say to you, he who says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. So you'll have whatever you say. So he's making a faith declaration. He's declaring this. And he knows, I always have what I say. Except now, he's speaking against God. He's speaking contrary to the will of God. And we see how that worked out for him. Let's see how that worked out for him. When he used faith, when he perverted faith and used it against God. He said, I'll be like the Most High. Yet, God spoke up. God said something. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, that's hell, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble? Who shook kingdoms? That's what people are going to say when they see this defeated demon that's been cast down. They're going to look. And go. A lot of Christians are going to say, Oh, Lord, man, thank you for delivering us from the power of Satan. And God's going to say, well, come on over here. Let me show you. And then we're going to look and go, is this the guy? Is this the guy that did all that damage? Probably looks like Pee Wee Herman or something. <laughs> I didn't mean to insult Pee Wee Herman. 
It's just what came to my mind. And that word fallen, where it says in verse 12, how you are fallen from heaven. That word fallen, when you look it up in the original, means to rot, to corrode. Now remember, we already saw in Ezekiel 28, corrupted means to pervert, to twist. Here, uh, fallen means to rot and corrode. So he didn't just fall from heaven. He did do that. He did fall from heaven, but his fall started from the inside out. His fall from heaven was only the result of his falling inwardly. He rotted on the inside and collapsed. He collapsed on the inside. We could say he imploded. He imploded on himself. That's what happens when you get into yourself. When you get full of yourself and into yourself and love with yourself, you're going to implode. Anything you're doing just for self, self-seeking reasons, it's going to implode. It's rotting from the inside out. And sometimes you don't see it right away, right? Because it's from the inside out. Just like the work God's doing in our life, many times you don't see it right away because it doesn't start on the outside. It starts on the inside. Many times we talk about healing. Well, God's healing, divine healing, it starts on the inside. And it works its way to the outside. And that can happen quick. That can happen quickly if there's an anointing there to cause it to manifest quicker. But the word healing itself denotes a process. It's a process. So it isn't always instantaneous. And so but thank God for the instantaneous. I'm expecting a lot of instantaneous this weekend. Oh, yeah, I'm expecting that. I'm expecting a strong outward anointing, an anointing upon to speed up the healing process that's from within. You know, you, you liken it to a torch. You got a torch, and you got oil inside that torch, and then it's got a wick, and then you light the thing. And that fire, that fire just draws out that oil. So we could say, you know, that oil is like faith working on the inside of us. It's that life of God working on the inside of us and it's working its way out and affecting and influencing every cell, every molecule of our body. And that, that, that could take a while. That process could be a little while. But man, if you put the fire on it, man, it'll just draw out that healing power. Praise God. It'll cause that faith to just rise up and cause healing to spring forth speedily. Amen. Amen. So let's expect a great fire a great anointing of the Holy Spirit to be upon us this weekend to just draw out those healings so people see things happen instantaneous. Things happen supernaturally quick. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. So he did fall from heaven, but first he rotted, he corroded from the inside and thus fell apart. He fell apart and collapsed. On the inside, and so we were talking about black holes. You don't mind me repeating some of these things, do you? It's, we need revelation, so let's get the revelation of it. A black hole is a massive star. Interesting, Lucifer, that name means day star. Day star. So that's, that's what his name means. So he's like a star. And again, we learn about the invisible by looking at the visible. And so uh, a black hole is a, ma is a massive star that falls inwardly or collapses. Interesting. 
The gravitational pull is so great that it pulls everything near into it, even light. You know, the Bible says over in Revelations, the 12th chapter, and we're going to see something there really interesting, but in verse 4, it talks about Lucifer and how Satan, how he drew a third of the stars of heaven. He drew a third of the stars from heaven and threw them to the earth. And um, that's what a black hole does. It, it, nearby stars, it'll rip them apart and pull them into the black hole because the gravitational pull of the collapsing of that star or that planet is so great, it just sucks everything into it. When, when matter falls into a black hole, it becomes isolated from the rest of space and time. It becomes separated from space and time. Happy to know when people yield to darkness and are overcome by the gravitational pull of sin and Satan. They are separated from God. They are separated from life. And so that's exactly what happens. Uh, these matter, when it goes into a black hole, becomes isolated from the rest of space and time. Set apart, you know, it, becomes, it becomes isolated from space and time and has effectively disappeared from the universe that we exist in. You know, when you walk, when you walk in evil, when you walk in darkness, it's as though you don't even exist. It's like you don't even exist. If there's no life in you, if there's no light in you, then technically you don't even exist. Once inside the black hole, the matter will be torn apart into its smallest subatomic components, which will be stretched and squeezed until they too become part of the singularity or the center of the black hole and increase the radius of the black hole accordingly. So notice that everything that gets pulled into it gets torn apart, gets torn apart, gets twisted. Even light, when it goes into a black hole, gets twisted so that it doesn't look like light anymore. It gets bent. Those light rays get bent, and that's where you have darkness. So we understand God didn't create darkness. See, people think, well, God created everything. So if God created everything, then ultimately he, he had to be the one that created darkness. But no, he created Lucifer. and He created him perfect. But Lucifer had a free will. And he became a creature of darkness. And darkness was created through him. Now this is real interesting. Jude chapter 1, there's only one chapter in Jude. But Jude, the first chapter, again, we learn about the invisible by looking at the visible. The Bible points to the visible to teach us these things. Jesus was always doing that, wasn't he? I mean, he talked about farming. He talked about all kinds of illustrations, things to illustrate things that the people couldn't see. Well, notice what Jude said in chapter 1, verse 13. It says... In, well, let's go back in verse 12. It's talking about people that are not saved, but yet they attend church. Isn't that interesting? They're creatures of darkness. They're, they, they're yielding to Satan. And it says, these are spots in your love feasts. While they feast with you at church, without fear, without the fear of God, serving only themselves. That's the devil. Serving only themselves. See, they're just 
Their lives are being patterned after Satan. They're a carbon copy of him. Serving only themselves, they are clouds without water, carried about by the winds. Thank God we are clouds full of water, full of the word, full of the life of God. Not just little puffballs, full of hot air. You know, the life, the world is full of a lot of puffballs. You know, just things that are just full of hot air. It says, ooh, look at the pretty cloud. There's no rain in it. It's just a big puffball. But you and I are clouds with water. But these are clouds without water carried about by the winds. Late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame. Wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Notice that. They're referred to as wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now, science teaches that there are actually black holes, which are stars that have collapsed or fallen, that wander the galaxy. These black holes wander, wandering stars. Wandering black holes, stars that have collapsed. They wander the galaxy. From universe today, rogue black, a rogue black hole they talk about here, and it says, a supercomputer simulation predicted colliding black holes created in glo globular clusters would be kicked out of their home and left to wander the galaxy. So these black holes wander the galaxies. Now, it's very interesting. In Revelations chapter 12, let's just go one book over here. Revelations, the 12th chapter. Oh, it's amazing. The Bible says how creation preaches the glory of God. It's teaching. The whole creation is teaching the Bible. The whole creation is teaching the Bible. Spiritual things. It's teaching us spiritual things. Here in Revelations 12, in verse 1, it says, Now a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon. So this great fiery red dragon appeared in heaven, having seven heads and ten horns and seven diamonds on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. Who do you think they're talking about? Who's this dragon? This is Satan, who's a fallen angel, who is an angel that imploded, who collapsed, became like a black star wandering the galaxy. Astronomers have discovered a dying, fiery red star with a comet-like tail. A 
Think about that. You can look this up online for yourself. I'm going to say it again. Astronomers have discovered a dying fiery red star with a comet-like tail. Verse 3. Another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon. Verse 4. His tail drew a third drew a third of the stars uh, excuse me, yeah, uh, drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. So here, the Bible is talking, likened to Satan, to this fiery red dragon with a tail. Here, astronomers have discovered this fiery red dying star out in space with a comet-like tail. Myra is the name. Look up Myra. Myra is the name of this star that is dying. It was born billions of years ago as a star similar to our sun, but is now slowly, is now a slowly dying red giant. This is what it says. A pulsating puffed up star with about the same mass as our sun, but 400 times as large. 400 times as large as our sun. And notice the wording. I just find this amazing. A pulsating, puffed-up star. How many of you know that term puffed up in the Bible is used for pride? A person that is walking in pride is puffed up. And that's exactly how, in looking at this red giant star, that's how they describe it as this puffed up thing. I mean, it's a type of the devil, and it's right out there out in space. And here the Bible talks about it. And again, notice his tail drew a third of the stars. That gravitational pull of Satan just drawing even light, even light, into the darkness. We have to understand something here. We've got to learn from the Word and these illustrations that are given to us that even though you're the light of the world, don't be playing around black holes. Don't be playing around black holes because i got news for you. If it can draw or pull a third of the angels, we're talking about angels. We're talking about creatures that have never touched a dirty thing. Nothing dirty has been in their life. They don't even know what dirt is. I mean, they are pure. They are so clean. And yet, when Lucifer fell, a third of them that were close to him couldn't escape. And they became twisted and distorted and perverted by the perversion of the devil. They became twisted and perverted. I got news for you. There's a lot of twisted and perverted things out there in the world and in internet land and in television land and in movie land. I mean, there are some very perverted, twisted things. And if you play around with those things, they will twist your mind. They will pervert your mind. And then, you know, when you do repent of it, you're going to have to work overtime to get stuff straightened out. 
And there's some folks, they deal with perverted, twisted stuff for years after coming to Jesus. And thank God, Jesus is getting it all straightened out. But there's some folks, they just, they're, they're working on getting stuff straightened out for years, man. It ain't worth it. And you can get pulled in there where you get twisted in your thinking and you can't get out of it. So we have to watch. When God presents light to us, when God straightens out some of our thinking and we see it and the light goes on, that's, that's, that's the light. See, it's the, it's the darkness that's been twisted. It gets straightened out and we see the truth. We see the truth. We see the light. Man, be thankful be thankful for the light and stay in it. Don't go back. Like a dog returns to his vomit, don't go back to the same old, same old. When you see it, get out of there. Run into the light and keep going. But people, you know, they dig. They get, they get God untwisted. They go, oh, glory to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I see that. And then, they, and then they start going back and they start meddling with some of that same twisted, demented thinking that the world is full of and they start fiddling around in that darkness and go, now what, what's the matter? You gotta watch. It, it, it could pull you in. Hey, pull the angels in there. And Jude talks a lot about that. He talks a lot about if it happened to the angels, you know, we've got to guard ourselves. I mean, really, that's the whole book of Jude is, is talking like that. Let's just, let's just take a look at that. He says, verse 8, But I want to remind you, though you once knew this. Thank God we need, how many know we need to be reminded? We can't hear, we can't hear the truth enough. We've got enough lies and deceptions and twisted stuff coming at us to undermine the truth that we've learned. We need to hear it again. And it needs to get brighter. We're not just hearing it again. We're hearing it differently. You know, whenever you go back to the Bible, we should be hearing it with greater light. We should be reading it with greater light. The Bible says, in his light, we see light. So, you know, we get light, we continue in that light, and then we get in the Word, and we, we read the same Word, but we see something we didn't see before. Why? Because in the light that you just got into, now you get to see more light. You understand? So in His light, we see light. And it just gets, it's just getting brighter and brighter and brighter under the perfect day. He says, I want to remind you that though you once knew this, that the Lord having saved, everybody say saved, is anybody saved? Yeah, yeah. He's talking to saved people and he's giving saved people a very sober warning. And he says, now even though uh, the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. So they got saved, but then they were destroyed for not believing. What happened? See, they're coming out of it. Egypt is a type of us coming out of the kingdom of darkness. But when they came out of the kingdom of darkness, they, they were out in the wilderness and they kept whining and complaining about wanting to go back to the darkness. 
They wanted to go back into bondage. They wanted to go back into Egypt. We like the cucumbers over there. And the melons and the squash. And all we got out here is manna. Manna in the morning, manna in the evening. I'm done with manna. And they want to go, they want to go back because of, the, because of the squash and the melons and all these fleshy things that flesh is craving. And as a result of their unbelief, even though he brought them out, they were destroyed. This is, he's writing, he's saying, now, listen, forget about your doctrine, once saved, always saved. Jude just takes a nuclear weapon and destroys that thing. This once saved, always saved business just wipes out the fear of God from Christians and makes it very easy to go into darkness. Makes it very easy because you don't fear God. Just go right into darkness. I'm saved. I don't have to protect myself. I don't have to guard myself from darkness. Once saved, always saved. <laughs> And then you're gone for eternity, forgotten, in oblivion. That's where you've gone off into oblivion, into outer darkness. I want to remind you of these things. The Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed those who did not believe. Let me give you another illustration. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own habitation, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of that great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh. You know, folks are doing a lot of strange things these days. Strange flesh. They're set, aside, they're set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. And then... He goes on, so he says, man, if it could happen to these guys, if it could happen to the angels, if, he says, don't, don't walk around like it can't happen to you. You need to protect yourself. You need to guard yourself, man. Once you find the light, you run to the light. You build on that light. In his light, you're going to get more light. Don't be playing around. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new now. Don't think, don't think, don't let pride convince you, you little puffed up thing. I'm not talking to anybody here, I'm talking to somebody on the internet. You little puffed up thing, that you are just, you know, you're strong to handle it. You can handle it. I mean, I mean, let's see, parental guidance. I mean, you're old enough now, you don't need parental guidance. But you need Holy Ghost guidance. Don't you think you don't need guidance? You need guidance. Rated R. I don't even know. You can't, get, you can't get in a rated R movie, right? If you're how old? It used to be 17, I think. Is that what it still is? 17? You know, once you're 17, now you can handle it. Now you can handle filth. You can handle darkness. Man, you're 18 now. You're 19. You're 20. You're 40. You can handle it. You're a big shot. Just like that. You get perverted, you get twisted, and you're gone. I got news for you. You can't handle it. If the angels couldn't handle it, you can't handle it. So you just got to stay away from it. That's what you got to do. You can't play with it. Because it'll make a pervert out of you. It'll twist you and mess you up. And could mess you up for all eternity. Can you say amen? amen? It is generally believed that a black hole does exist at the center 
of the Milky Way galaxy. In fact, it is believed that this may be common for most galaxies. Observational evidence supports these ideas more and more. So they really, they believe that the black, a black hole exists at the center of the galaxy. In other words, everything you see, all, this, all these planets, all this light is coming out of darkness. It's coming out of darkness. Reminds me of a scripture over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 6, it says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Notice that. God has commanded light to shine out of the darkness. Psalm 51 verse 5 says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. And in sin, my mother conceived me. In other words, when I came into this world, man, I was brought forth in darkness. I was born into iniquity and sin and darkness. In other words, I was born in this black hole. Everybody that comes into this world are born into a black hole. The black hole of Satan. The black hole of Satan's kingdom. But dear Lord, what are you going to do if you're in a black hole? Oh, hallelujah. Thank God God became flesh and blood in the person of Jesus. And he went down into that black hole of the earth. He entered into that black hole, praise God. And he defeated hell. He defeated Satan. He, fe he defeated the very source of all evil. He defeated him, triumphing over him. Hallelujah. And what is, he, what is he doing ever since then? He has sent the Holy Spirit into that black hole now. And in the name of Jesus, that Holy Spirit is finding people and untwisting them. He's untwisting. Right in the middle of the black hole, man, that's where we are. And he's untwisting and straightening out these light beams. And out of the black hole, out of the darkness, <laughs> light shines. Light is coming out of the black hole. Glory be to God. Just like when you look up there in space, you see, you see the galaxy, you see the Milky Way. You see all these lights. At the center of it is darkness. Light is shining out of the darkness. And you and I are coming, well, thank God, you and I are shining out of this black hole. Praise God. In other words, that gravitational pull has no power over us as long as our eyes are on Jesus and we're walking by faith and not by sight. Right? Romans chapter, uh, what is it? Romans the 12th chapter? Or Romans the 8th chapter? He says, the law of the spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. So we're in this earth where the law of sin and death, darkness, is at work. But glory to God, through Jesus, there is the law of the spirit of life. And the law of the spirit of life supersedes the law of sin and death. As light overthrows darkness. Praise God. Or, you know, I, when I think of those two laws, the law of, the, of the law of sin and death and the law of the spirit of life, I think of gravity 
and I think of the law of thrust and lift that an airplane operates in. You think about, you got these airplanes that weigh tons. Tons. And yet, through this law of thrust and lift, they just defy gravity. They just fly through the air, man, people eating peanuts. There is, there is no fear of coming down. There's no worry of coming down. They're in the law of thrust and lift. You and I are in the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. And as long as we're operating in that law, the law of gravity or that gravitational pull of darkness has no power over us. Sin and death has no power over us. Woo! Hallelujah! Amen! Praise God! We can soar through this place if we keep our eyes on Jesus and don't start setting our affections on the things of darkness. Keep our affections on Him, praise God, and we just soar right through this place. We'll just soar right through this place and the light that we are will shine out of darkness and it'll bring light to all those that are around us trapped, twisted, and perverted in this dark hole. How many people know God wants more light? He wants to get folks that are all twisted and perverted and bound in chains of darkness. He wants to get them all straightened out. Uh, in Luke chapter 1, verse 79, the Bible says that you're to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. We got to give light to people. I said, we got to give light. Jesus came to do it, and you and I are to walk in his footsteps. The apostle Paul said in Acts 26, verse 18, he said that you are to open their eyes and turn them from the darkness to the light and from the power of Satan to God. That was Jesus' command to Paul and obviously Paul by the Holy Spirit to us today that we're to open their eyes and turn them from the darkness to the light, from the power of Satan to God. Hallelujah. So let your light shine. God commands that the light that is in you shines out of you and shines out of this dark place, out of this dark black hole. Praise God. Bringing light to other people. Straightening people out. Bringing them into the knowledge of Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. Woo, hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise God for the truth. Isn't it powerful? Amen. Let's stand on our feet. Let's thank the Lord tonight. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.